rolling dice and taking names. RDTN is a show with two longtime friends that talk about board games, card games, and anything else that grabs their attention. Squirrel! Here are your hosts, the Waldorf and Statler of board gaming podcasts, Marty and Tony. Hello and welcome to episode 51, Changes or change depends on which song you want to go with i might prefer the change yes as opposed to changes david boy but they're both anyway so hey tony you there i'm here hey marty how's it going uh long time no talk to uh what a couple weeks not even that i mean just like ever since the the company cut out my ability to do hangouts it's like man i don't get to talk to you anymore it's kind of sad Oh, that's right. You, you in, instead, you, you'll start an email on one topic and then you'll create a new email for every different topic. Then I've got like five emails I'm going between every day. Deal. Just deal. Okay. You know, you could just put it into one email as opposed to. Yeah, but, but then you don't answer all the questions. You, you like everybody else. You, <laughs> if I put all the topics in there, like I asked you a question, it was like, oh, and then I had to keep going back to, well, what about this? Well, what about, it's just like everybody with emails, you, you ignore them, but that, hey, that's okay. So this is a podcast about board games. You wouldn't know that, but. That's kind of what it is. And this is coming right off our big episode 50, which is our most downloaded episode ever. And I think that wasn't because of us, but it was because of the great people we had on that show. We had Stephen Bonacore from Stronghold Games, along with Suzanne Sheldon and Rhiannon Ox, uh, who are, who is now doing a new segment with us called Chit Chat. So if you haven't listened to that episode, I highly recommend going back and downloading and listening to it, which you can find on our website or iTunes or Stitcher. We're all over the place, man. And let me just say this. Episode 50, you know, that was a great episode. A lot of good information. It was a, a bit long for us, but it really was a good information. And I'm just going to throw this out there right now, Marty. How the heck does Suzanne pull off the Star Realm? I mean, she will roll 20 points on me in Star Realms. And I'm just like, how? How? We've only played three turns. I don't get this. I think she has the code app. I, th- I think she does. She changes it. She has modified she's ha- it. She's hacked it. I think she's hacked it. How can she get the um, Battle Mech Space Station every turn? That Oh, she just drives. Oh. So I was actually talking with um, Dan Patrice from Geek All-Stars today about that game. And he and I have almost decided to say neither of us should take the stealth needle if it comes up. That, to me, is an overpowered card for four credits. Stealth needle is the one that says... This matches any color faction that you have in play. No, no, I'm sorry, that's not it. No, Stealth Needle is the one that says you can copy another card. I've yet to see that one. Oh, come on. No, it's the one that says you can pick another card and copy it. So basically, if you pick another faction card, then it, it duplicates it, and then you get the extra abilities on it. It is oh. insanely... I don't say it's broken, but for only four, it's pretty darn powerful because you can... Duplicate. I mean, you, if you want to, you can duplicate. Uh, you know, one of the cheap cards. You can duplicate anything. That's the beauty of it. Oh, I. You know what? I'm playing this game with this guy called Wolfpack EE right now, and it's sitting right there in the market. Oh my gosh, I haven't seen this before. Holy cow! Would you? I brought that up because in our game, I could not believe when I bought a card. That's the one that came out. If you don't buy that card, you're crazy. That's the one you want to buy. If I have the credits, that's the problem. It's amazing. You roll out, oh, look, all these space scouts come rolling out when you need a base to roll out, and then you got no, oh, let's move on. Uh, this game is just so, so frustrating. is very frustrating, isn't it? It is, but, oh, if you haven't picked it up for the iOS or Android or wherever you 
play your games. $5, yeah, it's been a great buy for me. I'm ready to toss every one of my electronic devices at the wall. We uh, want to take a, a, a timeout real quick to – not a timeout. I guess we're not taking a timeout because we're actually still talking. A timeout would mean we're, we're like stopping what we're doing, but we're really not. So that was really bad. What else would I call it? Take a, we're going to take a moment to do the following. Take, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> uh, it seems wow. like after 50 episodes, I'd have this thing down by now. Take a moment to give a shout out to Chalk. Uh, the, the Chalk. The, uh, oh my gosh. <laughs> His name just slipped me. <laughs> that is, that is so we're giving a shout out to somebody whose name we can't remember, but you did us a great service. Thank you so much. <laughs> It's like, it's like oh, a it's like a, a rogue villain, you know. It's like one of the rogue villains in you know Flash's a uh, rogue gallery, the chalk. I was thinking from like the tick. He's battling the tick against the chalk. <laughs> oh my gosh, that is so funny. So anyway, uh, anyway, that uh, it's a YouTube channel called the Chalk, and he does board game reviews. And, and what's really cool is he'll he'll uh, draw a picture of the the box art or whatever of the game that he's reviewing and he draws it all out in chalk on chalkboard and does a review and it's it's really uh unique and he's now doing the segment on board game breakfast um where he's like highlighting uh game publishers and podcasts that he listens to and he happened to highlight us a couple weeks ago and we just wanted to thank him for that that was very nice of him to do that and we apologize for having such a excruciatingly complex logo because it must have taken him forever to to draw that up yeah it was gorgeous i hope you got a good screenshot so i can put it in the show notes i do have it somewhere he sent it to us his name's john john good job good job i knew it was john i here's the thing i don't want to try to pronounce his last name because i'll mangle it and i'm sorry and that's one of the commandments of podcasting if you want to know how to pronounce things well (laughs) yeah we do our best but anyway, uh, yes, his Twitter account, if you want to follow him, I'm pretty sure it is the chalk, but I will double check that. Um, my Instagram's falling off. I got to get some more Instagram followers. I'm working hard, Marty, but you know. At Chalk Reviews is his Twitter. And from all that, also there is, is the Chalk Board Game Reviews on YouTube. So uh, definitely go check him out. He has a really unique perspective just because of the way he does his his art and everything. So anyway, a big shout out to that, to that, to him uh, for that. Boy, we're, we're rolling good. So you were right. From 50 to 51, it's going to be a huge letdown, dude. It is a huge letdown. We we just the the bottom has fallen out now. So now now we like to build back up to one hundred. So we're starting out like this is like our episode one, our second episode one where it was really really bad, and yeah. we'll just hopefully get better from here. Okay, well we're, we're going for it. So next, uh, I need to give us another. I want to talk about something we received recently from the Broken Token Insert Company. Some you saw. A uh, tweet from me. I know it was, you know, unusual to see one from me, but yeah, they um, <clears throat> provided us with a couple inserts. One of them was for the Seven Wonders game, which um, I put together, and Marty got an insert for a card box. And if you haven't seen, and a video is is being um, is art ready to go, the unboxing, and Marty, I've almost finished cutting down the put together video, and it'll be coming out. But these are some pretty nice inserts. I mean, uh, I won't deny that it took a little challenge to put them together, but other than that, they're, they're solid. They do a great job. So if you're looking for inserts, by all means, be sure and check them out. what do you think of your card one, Marty? 
Loved it. Loved it. It was so easy to, to put together. It fits in the box perfectly. It has the, uh, the, the segmented, the segmented sections. That's good. Yeah, I guess that's right. Where uh, you can make different size uh, sections inside the uh, the card uh, organizer, um, which I, I really like. The wood's really nice. The wood is a nice touch and feel to it. I like how they engrave their name, the broken token, in there. I don't know if they did it on the one that you got, the insert that you got. One of the pieces has their name uh, engraved in there. Uh, very easy to put together. Uh, I was kind of worried um, because I, you, you warned me, said, make sure that when you, you grasp uh, the wood and try to put it together, don't grab it by the teeth because you might mm-hmm. break off one of the teeth. So I did that, but it went all together really, really well. Very, very, very nice products. And it seems like all the time they're coming out with new organizers for new types of games. I love some of their generic stuff. I can't wait to see uh, see some of the gener- generic stuff. What I mean by generic stuff, like card organizers, just uh, plain or card organizers, a short box and long box. I can't wait to see those at BGGCon and uh, talk with those guys. I think they, they have a great product and uh, you should definitely go uh, check those guys out. And if you want to, you can Go follow them on Twitter. They're at uh, TB, TBT underscore gaming, the broken token TBT. And uh, their website is thebrokentoken.com. Yeah. When we are at BGG, I already got some of my allowance set aside for picking up their little small box for where you can put your tokens, trinkets, whatever you want. Mm-hmm. That's I'm going to get those. Yeah. And just today they announced they have an organizer now for Among the Stars. No, I missed that one. I'm, I'm looking at it right now. Two removable trays, eight adjustable dividers, room for all expansions and future growth. Oh, that's awesome. Okay, well, there's there. Okay, there goes that that um <clears throat> that allowance. So so much for a game. I'm gonna be buying organizers while I'm there. I love I love organizers and things like I this because it's something that. Okay, let's let's face it. You buy a game, you play it, you never play it again. When it comes to like organizers and stuff like this, you'll use it forever. Mm-hmm. It just especially has such great generic value. ones. Yeah, the generic ones, especially the card ones, because you you can transfer it from, you know, Netrunner to maybe Doomtown to maybe something else. I mean, it, it serves multiple purposes. Now, ones like for the games, as much as I pull out Seven Wonders, that that will that's that'll definitely pay for itself. There is how much I do with that, and I get tired of having the cards shift from uh, age three to age one because they're in sleeves. You know, uh, it just drives me insane. But that's beside the point. From the standpoint of yeah, th- this will keep it in there. I, I, I really enjoy that. So if they they've got a game that you play a lot, I think it's definitely worth the investment because it helps you also in setup. Yeah, I, I agree, and I haven't seen your Seven Wonders. I can't wait to see it in person to see how it all looks. Well, as soon as I get that video done, you'll see it all together. So, yeah. Did I not tweet that out? I thought I tweeted that part of the completed collection. You did, but I, it's hard to tell from a picture. I can look at their picture too, but I want to. I want to touch it. Oh, okay. Okay, I can make that happen. All right, so we got that. Looking forward to that. You mentioned. Um, I'm going to go ahead and deviate a little bit. Not that this program never deviates from its script. Have you been following? Uh, first off, the. The BGG Con math trade, you know, closed a couple days ago, but they have this, they have a flea market and then they have the, what they call the virtual flea market. And if you're going to be at BGG Con and you haven't checked this out, people are selling some of their old games. I could, oh man, I could like blow $300. That is, it's doing everything I can to restrain that thinking, oh, I wanted that. I wanted that. And I'm just like, man, just be still. 
and I'm actually on the other side. I actually want to post a couple things I want to sell and take yeah, some money for. Because uh, uh, you and I both had, uh, were involved uh, in the math trade for Mace, but I guess I didn't get any take takers on mine, so I can take those games I was going to trade in the math trade at Mace and maybe put them on sale in the virtual market. Yeah, you can. I mean, I was Mark and I were the only ones that are trading, and I thought uh, I didn't get Netrunner, but I did get the Panzer one, the two-player Panzer game he was offering. That looked interesting to me. <laughs> I have that. No. Oh, yeah. I got it years ago. I played it like a total of one time. Really? Yeah, it's a pretty good game. I just never found anybody to play it with. See, I thought that would be a perfect game for you and I during our lunch. Years oh. ago. Years. It's mm. an old game. I'm an old person. Oh, you're killing me. <laughs> you're killing me. Oh, dude. <laughs> you could just borrow mine. <laughs> Yeah, I'll sell that one on the virtual. Yeah. Oh, good gosh. That's fine. I tried to say, what would it take me to swap out Netrunner? He wouldn't bite. Oh, really? Yeah, he wouldn't bite. I'm like, dude, how many times do I have to hint at it without saying it? He was trading away Netrunner? Yeah, the Netrunner core set. But, which we'll talk about later, and maybe that, that was, maybe this Panzer game does work out because we'll talk about this later. The big news. Well, I'm surprised he didn't want to do that. He's not playing Netrunner, is he? I don't know. Don't no you love idea. everybody when you we hear a couple people talking about somebody you don't even know, and it's like, why are you talking about this person? Because we don't know who it is. Hey, we told you we bring you in on our conversations. This is how our conversations go every day. Yeah, sorry about that, guys. So, what else do we have from news? A um, couple uh, local company, uh, Marty. They've um, K and A uh, Space Movers. Um, they've been demoing around. Uh, what I find interesting about this, Marty, is um, they have talking about the Kickstarter. Yeah, the Kickstarter. Sorry, I'm already moving somewhere else. I don't even try to segue anymore because I suck so bad at it, dude. <laughs> okay, so the game is Space Movers by K&A Games, right? Yeah, sure. Okay. Okay, now move anyway, on. Anyway, the point I'm trying to figure out here is that the company had a failed Kickstarter, and they went back and they revamped it. And obviously, this really helped them because they were able to, you know, they're 99% successful right now, you know? That's, oh, they're going to make it. They're going to make it. And they got 11 days to go. So that's that's great news for them. So I guess, you know, the moral of the story is even if one just happens to um, not do so well, uh, there's always hope, right? And and they went out. They made an effort and got out there and did demos and met with the local game groups here in the Charlotte area. So that's kind of neat. Yeah. Um. So they uh, came to – did I mention this last time? They came to the club. Have we talked about this before? Yeah, they came to the club, but I was also meaning they came to our local game store. Yeah, I know, but I'm, I have talked about this, right? I'm not dreaming yeah. this. You talk for a minute. I, I got to go kill a silverfish. What? Okay. So anyway, yeah, so KNA actually came to our game club, which I talked about, but they also came to the local game store that Tony and I frequent a lot, your local game store, and did a demo there. And it was as, at the time of this recording last night, and Tony reached out to them to see how it went, but it, we never did hear back from them. So hopefully that went okay. And if you're interested uh, in this, it, it looks like it's now going to fund. Uh, we did talk about it in the last episode, and we'll have links if you want to go look at KNA's game, Space Movers. I hope, I hope you're back because I'm done. I, I am. I'm, I'm sorry. Yes, I'm back. You're done with that? Good. So what were you talking about? No, I'm kidding. I know exactly what you were talking about. All right, what else we got on the thing before we get into the big, big news? Oh, oh. So, uh, the okay, so I talked about this game from New York Comic Con. 
Um, Phoenix Covenant uh, was a game that I got to try out at uh, New York Comic Con. That's the one where I said it was like a mixture of like magic and Fire Emblem or um, magic and Final Fantasy Tactics. If yeah, I plays video, video yeah. games. Yeah. So they sent me a promo of the game. And I got it. So it's a real nice uh, uh, promo. It gives me a good feeling of the art and everything. And uh, me and uh, my son played a couple times and got to play a full game. And it is it is a really good game. It's exactly like they say. Um, the idea is that you've got a, a deck of cards and you build an army. You draw your cards. Uh, in there, you'll have uh, units that you can put out onto the board. Imagine kind of like a... a a, a big chess board and you could you put your units into your home row and then from there they have abilities to where they can move so many squares they have attack values and they have hit points it, the the resources are really cool there's two types of resources that you need to manage called command points and mana each turn you get two uh, points that you can spend you can you know give yourself two mana points two command or one of each that grows over time. So your maximum will grow over time and each turn you can spend those and those reset at the beginning of each turn. So your cards have cost of command points, mana, or, or one or the other. You pay that, you put it onto the board, and then you start moving. And then the whole goal is to get to the other side of the board, to their base, and do attack directly to their base. And there's each base has 30 hit points. You take down hit points to zero, the game is over. It is a very tactical game. Meaning once you start getting your pieces on the board and you start getting enough mana and command points to spend, you can pretty much get anything out there. What is really unique about this game is that as you move across the board, orientation is very important. They have some units that have what's called armor or shields at different points on the card. If you attack a point on the card that has a shield printed on it head to head, you do half damage. But if you get to a side where there's no shield, you do full damage. Some cards have soft points where if you attack that soft point, like if usually it's right behind them. If you get around behind somebody and attack them from behind, you do one and a half times the damage. There's a whole idea of flanking and uh, like sneak attacks, you know, getting behind somebody. And at the end of every turn, you can rotate your guy however you want. Uh, you, can, you can position people for, for blocking. So once the, pl- thing, uh, the things are on the board, it gets very tactical. It's, it's almost like a chess match at that point. They have uh, instant abilities where you can like play them out of your hand, like a fireball to do instant damage. The thing that took us a while to get used to, there's a lot of keywords. So there's a lot of keywords on the cards of different things that abilities that different units have that you kind of have to learn. Uh, there's this idea of commanders. Once they're out on the field, they can do this thing called gating. Usually when you uh, put a player on the field, it has to go in your home row. But if you have a commander out there that has a gating ability, you can spawn right beside one of them. So that may, that way you can spawn like in the middle of the board. So they're kind of important and you want to keep them alive. Um, in addition, they have these things, these four squares called hard, hard points, which are like structures. And if you attack a person's hard point, and it's like two rows up from your base row, you attack them there. You can do damage directly to the person, but the entire hard point is shielded. But you can take uh, buildings and like put them on. I can't remember the name of it, but they put building cards like on top of those hard points and it gives them like special abilities that's available to you the entire game. So again, imagine kind of like magic, but instead of playing land each turn, you're just automatically given resources that uh, that you can apply that that will max that you that will grow over time. Uh, So there's your slow, steady curve of resources that you're going to get so that you can get out small units at the beginning, bigger units later on. And then once they're on the field, 
It's almost like the real game begins. So if that sounds interesting to you, and I think it's a, a very good game, uh, our buddies Chris and Dan from uh, Geek All Stars really like it. They've been plugging it. It's Phoenix Covenant. Um, it is not funded yet. Um, it still has uh, a little over a week from now to fund. Uh, I definitely highly uh, recommend looking at that. The art's really good. I, I just don't know what else more, more to say about it. it. It's it's a good game. Okay. Well, that's interesting. So another card game for you, huh? No, it, yeah, but it, it does have a, it's a card game, but it has a very much of a miniatures feel to it mm-hmm. just because of the orientation aspect. Remember when we play uh, War Machine, you know, if you attack from behind or you get bonus points and all this stuff, same, same yeah. sort of concept, except that it's done with cards. Yeah, it's been many full moons since I've played War Machine, but yeah, <laughs> I remember. Which my son is now getting back uh, into. Well, good for him. I mean, I'd hate for you to have that investment in paint and models and everything and not get that. You know, that's something else I could probably list. Uh, I wish the BGG list that on the BGGs. A whole bunch of troll bloods for sale. Well, you could sell those, but I don't know if you want to. Well, if you're never gonna if you if you're never gonna play again, I guess you can. But yeah. I kind of every once in a while, I actually get them out and just paint just for the hobby part. Uh, my skills have gone south, so yeah, <laughs> I'm with you. So, well, you know, one, one th- reason why we called this episode changes is because um, I threw an audible. I called an audible at the line tonight on Tony. Uh, tonight or it starts the the world. Omaha, Champions. Omaha. I hear you. <laughs> nice. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> you, you tickled me. That came out of nowhere. I lost my train of thought. Oh, yeah. So FFG is having the world championships tonight. So they did their LCG State of the Union kind of address on things that are going on in LCG. And they dropped a couple big bombshells. So so hold on. So they're having the world championships tonight. Is that what well, you're saying? It starts today. It's over the okay. weekend. So for reference, you and I are doing our podcast and not at the championship. So that should tell people just how good we are in Netrunner. I mean, come on. I, I, I think that's pretty obvious that, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, I got uh, But anyway, so uh, uh, there's a couple major announcements that that started a whole online discussion tonight with some other people that we were really getting deep into. And there was uh, one person, another media personality who I was chatting with, and I said, dude, do you want to come on tonight and record a, a, a quick segment about this? And he said, well, it's date night, but maybe I could squeeze in a few minutes with you. So he is putting his wife on hold so he can talk to us. So let's go to the next segment and bring him in and talk about this. What you think? I'm happy to always sit back and listen. So, yeah, I'm ready. Hey, I sent you the links. You're, you should be called up today. I'm called up. I'm ready. Okay, so as I mentioned in the previous segment, FFG dropped a couple bombshells when it comes to the LCG market. And it just so happened that a friend of ours, Hunter Shelburne, was on Twitter and we were all talking about this. And I said, Hunter, dude, do you want to come on and chat with us tonight? Because we're just having this deep discussion about what the implications were and what they're going to be over the next several years. And Hunter, first, first thing he said was, who am I talking to? And then after I said, well, it's, it's Marty from Rolling Dice and Taking Names. And he said, hold on. And he had to go Google. And then he came back and he said, oh, that guy. 
So he said, well, yeah, I guess I can squeeze in a few minutes. No, I'm just kidding. So Hunter, thanks for coming on, man. Hey, no problem at all. Thanks for having me. So Hunter said, you know, okay, here's the deal. I'm working late and I've got a date night. So I'm going to squeeze you in between the work and the date night. And I was like, all right, Tony, we're under pressure here. We got to be concise and we got to have a good, short, quick conversation. And Tony said, there's no way we can do that, but we'll try it anyway. Oh, we can manage this. This is not going to be a problem. So the the pretext of all of this was the recent, you know, like you were saying, the FFG announcement about elimination of cars through the various cycles. Hold on. There's two things. I want to do that one second. You want to type these in the show notes because that's the bigger one. That'll be the longer discussion. They dropped a bombshell night saying that basically their first LCG game Game of Thrones is basically being sunsetted, their first edition, and they're going to come out with a brand new second edition. That game started in 2008. I actually played the CCG version of Game of Thrones, and when it moved to LCG, I said, well, I I can't afford to get into this again. Very popular game, and now they're coming out with a second edition and fixing a lot of the issues that people found with the game and basically uh, rebooting. That's, That's a pretty big deal. Yeah, that's that's enormous. And honestly, I'm kind of on I have two opinions on this. As someone who hasn't played the Game of Thrones LCG but has wanted to get into it, this is it, it intrigues me. It makes me want to join in, but as someone who also has is collecting other LCGs and things like that and I know how much money people have invested in that game, the fact that they're sunsetting it, getting rid of it essentially and rebooting it and making you rebuy cards, making you start over essentially, that's that's a seriously tough pill to swallow. I, I don't know how I'd feel. I, I, I feel like this may be cutting their their player base in half, if anything. And that's an excellent point. I'm with you on that. I was like, oh man, I, I've wanted to get into that, but you're right. There was a high cost of investment to get into the game and this gives you that opportunity because I'm with you. You know, um, I played with Marty on the other game. And I'd love to play it. But they are going to support it through this through the tournaments and the world championship and keep doing that. So that's at least a positive. That's true. I mean, they do have a plan at least let you play with the old cards. Um, I don't well, I don't know how long they said they're going to do it. They posted a couple articles uh, immediately after uh, the the press announcement about what they're going to be doing, and they are going to support the the legacy game in tournament play and stuff. But which is great. But the, you're right, Hunter. Are people going to say, well? forget you i'll i'll play with my old cards and, and not even get into the the new edition or do you think it'll be like okay finally since this game's been out in 2008 i avoided getting into it but now i will because it's coming out f- fresh i definitely see that people are going to get into it i mean obviously i'm interested in it and i know other people are going to feel the same way like this is finally a way to get in but i hope they've calculated out that risk of how many people they're going to lose and things like that because i mean we, i've seen uh what was it uh, whiz kids a few years ago man it's been more than a few now but when they did mage night and had that first 1.0 edition everybody liked it people were playing it it's a very popular game really popular game and then they decided to just completely revamp go 2.0 and they they lost uh, they lost almost all their players and had to pretty much build from scratch. I mean, keeping it alive in the legacy formats is cool. I do like that they're doing that, uh, in, at least in tournament play. So at least they'll have some play, place to use those cards. But at the same time, it's just uh, I just feel like the, the return on investment for those guys they're they're eventually going to trickle out like with any dead CCG. They're just going to stop playing. But what about from the store standpoint? I mean, I don't know about in your area. I mean, Marty, our game store. I don't know if they do any Game of Thrones tournaments, but. It will revamp there, but ones that have been going on, I mean, you know, that gives them that opportunity for new stores to get in and old stores to continue to do it. But will they have organized play kits, that kind of stuff? That, yeah, this will be interesting. And it's funny you mentioned Wiz Kids because I had a joke about that, but we're not, we're not going to touch them tonight, okay? We're just not going to touch them. 
Why not touch them? Touch them. Uh, yeah, you know, whiz kids killed Mage Knight. Okay, let's go to Dice Masters. I mean, the list could go on and on. And Hunter, you've been doing this. Yeah, long. but I'm they sure did you purposely kill Dice Masters. That was just not. That wasn't good planning on their part for that first release. I mean, the second release <laughs> tangent. Second release looks like it's doing pretty well. It looks like you can get your hands on it anywhere. So hopefully, they they learn from their first release. You're so open, at least I like that game. <laughs> it's a it's a good game, and Tony and I love that game. Until nobody could find it, and, and then no, nobody's playing it in our area anymore. So are we de- done with that? Can we move on to number two, the really big thing? Well, I, I do want to say, Tony, you did make a good point about the fact that here locally, our, our local game store has only been around for two years. So there is no Game of Thrones player base at all in our area. So this actually could rejuvenate that in our area. We have Netrunner players and some Star Wars players, and now we're getting some Conquest players, I think, now this may this may open up Game of Thrones. So, I guess for stores that've been around for a while, they may have some good tournaments tournament supply uh, tournament support and a good uh, local base. But I, in Charlotte, we we don't have any with that particular game. So it may help there. Do you have any uh, players in your area, uh, Hunter, that are playing uh, Game of Thrones? We do have a popular? few. It's it's not super popular. I would say it's probably the least popular of the LCDs aside from Call of Cthulhu. But uh, you know, I I don't mind the changes. Honestly, I don't have enough experience with uh, Game of Thrones to really say you know it, what gameplay changes it needed. But uh, we'll probably end up keeping about the same player base. To be honest, around here, I, I think the guys that play around here are dedicated enough where they're going to get to the second edition. Because it'll just keep going. But to your point, you feel like you've been—it's too strong of a word—but violated. I've spent all these fifteen dollars on a monthly pack, and now you're basically telling me it's done it's over it it, it hurts it, it, it tugs at your soul it really does yeah so so that there, see there was a segue to the next section marty right there so the other big announcement is now fantasy flight has announced that they're going to do a basically a rotate a, a implemented a rotation policy for their competitive lcgs meaning and if you play magic you'll understand what this means is that over time blocks uh, they release uh, lcgs are released in packs and each pack there's so many packs make up a a a cycle and over over time they're going to stop dropping off older cycles where they can't be used in formal tournament play anymore this was the big announcement because basically what they're saying is is that over the years if you play like say netrunner for uh, from day one once we get to 2017 and they come out with the, that cycle they're expecting 2017, they're going to drop the first two cycles that everybody may have already bought, and they can't be used anymore in formal play. That was the big announcement. It's also going to be done with Star Wars, uh, Conquest, and it will be implemented, implemented with the new Game of Thrones 2nd um, edition. So, uh, oh, Call of Cthulhu, too. Mm-hmm. We hadn't, I haven't even mentioned that one. So, there you go. What do, y'all, what do you guys think? Well, uh, coming from someone who's actually played, I mean, I played Magic for years. I, I actually like the rotation, despite what I posted on Twitter. I, I like the idea of having a rotation. I like introducing new players to the game. And once you get a certain amount in the card pool, it's really hard to do that. You can't tell them, hey, you need to start with the starter set and get this pack and then get this pack. It's just extremely hard to do that. Uh, so it's great for new players. It's something I really agree with in that regard. But... With that, I think it's required, or not really required, obviously, but something I think is required is a legacy format of some sort where you can play with your older cards, something that doesn't devalue your purchases over time. So, in fact, that question came up. They had a Q&A afterwards, and I was watching 
uh, the Twitter feed for uh, Team Covenant, uh, who is a store, I believe they're in Texas, actually, that really supports the LCG uh, business. And they were there, and the question was asked, will you support, will you have a legacy format? And basically they said, nope, not at this time. And at that point, after talking with you hunters, where I realized, you know what, that's probably not the best of, of, of all ideas. Because uh, like you said, for somebody who's invested in it from day one, now you're going to say, oh, guess what? Uh, those two years, a year and a half of cards that you bought, they're useless now in uh, formal play. And I'm surprised that you're right. It's like, why don't they have a legacy? It's like anything goes, make whatever you want. Even if it's broken, that's fine. It's It's legal. So, yeah, I, I kind of do have an issue with it. And I said this actually on Twitter. Uh, they're saying that this rotation won't happen for like Netrunner until 2017. That game has been out since 2012. So there's a five-year span before these things start rotating out, which is quite a long time, which is still a lot of cards. And they said one reason why they didn't want to do the rotation is to make it easier for new players to get in. Well, to me, next year in, in 2015, if somebody wants to jump into Netrunner, there is still a lot of cards they need to go back and, and, and buy, and it's still two years before that rotating happens. I almost wish the rotation cycle was shorter, maybe three or four years, and provide a legacy format or a legacy uh, uh, formal format and support both. The one where they have the one where it's rotated out and the one where you can use anything. To me, that would even make it even easier for new players to get into the game at any point in time and have the old players still use their older cards. I completely agree. I, I don't see I don't see why these have to be mutually exclusive in any regard. Honestly, there's no reason you can't have a legacy format. Uh, at least even in I know it's, you can play it in casual. That's fine. But for somebody like me, I don't get to play Netrunner casually all that much. It's not one of my most requested at home games necessarily. So I play a lot at tournaments. So you know you have to pretty much play whatever the official sanctioned tournaments are. And I saw in there that drafts are going to be like a, an official tournament type now, which I'm not a fan of either. That's that's two things that are going to make me invest money into the game which one's going to be rotating cards and essentially devaluing my old cards and the other format that they're introducing is going to make me buy more cards that will eventually get devalued so i don't they don't jive for me i just feel like there's no disadvantage to having some kind of a legacy format in there in some way of shape or fashion and that's a good point hunter about you know you don't get that opportunity to do casual games because there's nothing to keep you from keeping your old cards in there cat in a casual game but then again it also hurts you when it comes to tournament play because now you've got to break your meta or you may have to learn even though i mean a hardcore netrunner player will be on top of everything but overall you are hurting yourself so i mean i look at it like this from my standpoint marty in 2017 when this happens i, I mean squirrel Okay, my attention's gone. So, yeah, I, I'm I'm somewhere else. So no, I I agree, but there are LCG players, not just Netrunner, but anything who will still be playing these games. Oh yeah, and 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 here's the thing is 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 that somebody else asked too. They said, hey, would you? So let's say uh, some blocks or some cards roll out. Would you ever consider reprinting some of those old cards and using them? And that's like, yeah, sure, we would consider it. It's almost like, okay, yeah, so let, may, let's say one particular card drops out. There's nothing to say that they can't create a brand new card that kind of does the exact same function and put it in, in a new set. I understand what they're trying to do because they also said, you know, after so many years, it's hard to keep a game going without something breaking. You know, the, the meta gets so insane when you have a couple thousand cards, which is why Magic introduced their 
oh, Hunter, what is it called? Um, is it block? Yeah, they they do block rotation, and they're actually changing theirs up pretty pretty recently. So, I mean, they they keep it on a really tight standard set where you you know they know what they're designing two years ahead of time, and they have it all balanced out. And Fancy Flight's done a really good job of balancing as well. I think obviously after time things are going to break. The same thing happened with the Game of Thrones. I don't know a ton about it, but I've kept up with the meta to a degree, and I know of some crazy combos that they've had to ban, restrict, whatever the case may be, but. I feel like you can just keep that separate as a legacy format, like with Magic and its legacy. It has its own restricted or banned list. Uh, it doesn't take a lot of upkeep to do that. If there, if something comes out that's obviously broken with something else, you know, it's usually banned the next tournament or something along those lines. So, I don't know. That's that's my opinion on it. I guess I'm going to be spending money anyway. Just find me a good game. I'm going to play. What can I say? Uh, you know, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, pretty soon you're going to be telling me to go buy something else, Marty. Well. Uh- well, that's true. I mean, I'll always be doing that. I know that. that, but I mean, yeah, I, I, I agree with it, what everything y'all are saying. Is it is it something that, well, it, some people will say, oh, I'm done and throw their Android Netrunner cards or whatever out the window or, or not decide not to go into Warhammer, Warhammer Conquest. I mean, okay, let me ask you that. What does this do to Conquest? Does it change your thoughts on possibly buying it? I know you already have it, Marty, but. Okay, I'm sorry. I'll let Hunter answer. Oh, that's fine. Uh, I, I actually uh, I enjoy Conquest. Uh, the starter set. I, I've been considering getting a second starter to kind of get into it, kind of take that dive. But after seeing this, it's 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 not as tempting to me anymore. I mean, I have Netrunner. I'm really far into Netrunner. I would like another LCG to play. I have Doomtown though, so I don't really have that desire to necessarily get into Conquest. Although I do like the theme. Uh, it's it it makes it to where buy another starter. Do I want to do that? Do I want to spend that money now and then? play with it for a while then possibly not be able to use it later down the road if i play tournaments i might just keep casually with it by maybe the first couple of expansions just to get a few more cards just to get the rest of the factions and then be done with it and just um i'm looking at now so i can say exactly how it's going to work just so people understand how how this works lcg each game basically has a cycle of cards and in each cycle they release monthly packs each cycle has six packs okay so if that makes sense, every cycle has six packs. And what they said is, here's going to be our rule. When the first pack of what would be the eighth cycle goes on sale, the two oldest cycles rotate. So imagine that there are seven cycles, six packs in each cycle that are out. The minute that the first pack of cycle eight hits, cycle one and cycle two are, all, are, are rotated out of play. So you bring in one deck and basically they're rem- one pack and they're going to remove 12 packs of cards. And that's going to happen for Netrunner in 2017. It's going to happen for Conquest in 2018. And I believe Star Wars is 2018 also. So it's a ways out. Way, way out. And right now, Netrunner is on its third cycle. So see, we got a ways to go before we ever hit cycle eight. But I did read somewhere, and I hope I read this right, was that those packs will cycle out but the deluxe expansions and core sets will never cycle out right that gives me a little more hope i i do like that i there's still a lot in those in those cycles though that i really would not want to lose uh and like you said earlier i think uh it doesn't seem like if the cycling is to get people into the game it doesn't seem like it's happening at the right time like it should be happening either sooner with the legacy format or something along those lines because that long down the road, it's still going to be harder to get into the game, and there's still going to be some pretty de- degenerate cards like uh, Jackson Howard and stuff like that for Netrunner and other stuff for other games. Yeah, and that's that kind of point I was making earlier. I almost wish the cycle was shorter instead of eight, maybe five, because then it might give somebody incentive. Oh, 
you know, let's say for example, it's like five and cycle six getting ready to come out. Somebody might be more inclined to jump in because the first two cycles are rotate and that's less they have to buy it in order to get into the game. But I would still think at that point, if you do that, you would have to have the legacy because that means cards are cycled out more quickly and people may feel like I'm wasting my money because a couple of years down the road, these are going to be wasted anyway. Yeah. And that's what I can't get my head around. I mean, I just don't see, and I'm not as smart as they are when it comes to this kind of stuff. How is this? Uh, uh, it's so far out. How does this benefit them? How does it pull in other players? Because you're right. Why would I get into a game, not just this, a game where I know whatever I'm inv- buying now will be gone eventually? You know, it just uh, doesn't make business sense to me, but I, I'm not smarter than they are. I'm sorry. Well, here, let, let me, let's go straight from the horse's mouth. Here's the press release they said addressing upcoming issues. They said they've seen a problem that might happen. So here's what we want to do we have. An overwhelming card pool intimidates and turns away players who may be otherwise interested in the game. That's point one. Point two, as a game's card pool grows unchecked, its metagames begins to sta- its metagame begins to stagnate and the game falls apart under its own weight. Point three, players aren't the only people who are impacted by large card pools as retailers need to carry more and more products in order to support the game, and it's becoming harder for them to do. So with those three points in mind is why they came out with this rotational thing. Okay, so time out here. Hunter, did that hurt Magic? That whole point about, I mean, Magic is still going. No, it really it, it didn't really hurt it. No, I, I, and I like I said, I, I completely agree with the way they do that. And the, the, from a retailer perspective, that does make sense. I feel maybe the Game of Thrones change may change retailers a little bit more because they have so much product that's now going to sit because no one's going to buy that first edition product once second edition drops. But for all the other games, it makes sense because I, you know, you do see a lot of older packs shelf form for a long time because people are, have already gotten this stuff; they don't need it anymore. Uh, and it didn't really hurt Magic, but again, they also have the legacy formats where they can go. Have, they have a secondary market for stuff like this, so uh, it, it's it's a it's a little bit of a different situation because these are going to shell form a little bit harder than Magic, I think. I agree, and but I mean to Marty's point, I mean once again, I mean it's there's a thousand cards to maintain. We we feel that this huge volume is going to drive people away. As a consumer, I'm like, if I buy something, I know it's going to be retired out, then. Maybe I'm not going to buy it, but then again, I also think electronics nowadays. We live in a throwaway generation or nation or whatever, so eh, maybe they're right. Good, good for them. Well, I mean, think about a couple, couple years ago. I mean, I liked the original Game of Thrones uh, CCG, but a couple of years ago, I thought maybe I like to get into this again. When I look back and go, "Wow, well, that means I'd have to there." You know, there are what, what there was uh, four, four years of cards that were out. It's like, never mind, I, I I can't get into it. And Magic would intimidate me the same way, but I knew that they had the blocks. But Hunter, I think you made a great point. Magic does have something that this doesn't have, and that's a secondary market. Um, at least with your older cards and the legacy format, you could put some of those older cards that might have some value and get some money back out of it. You won't get any money back from any old LCG cards. None. And also to Tony's point, uh, uh, where you're having to go back and uh, just lost my train of thought. Uh, sorry. Hey, that happens a lot on this show. We're, we're infectious when it comes to things like that. Yeah. Don't worry about it, man. Just if, I tell you what, throw whatever thoughts out and we'll go with it, okay? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm just really blanking. Um, 
so are we, but that's, that's our normal, you know, go with it. But so, so while you get that together, Marty, I mean, for me, 2017, seriously, I mean, was this a big announcement to me personally? Yeah. I felt kind of like, Oh, how are they going to kill my game? And then I saw 2017 and eh, this ain't going to bother me one bit. No, you're right. But you and I aren't in that very competitive crowd. And a lot of our listeners may not be in that very competitive crowd either. But I do know that we have a lot of listeners that are called up in the LCG oh, games. Yeah, I agree with you. So, so yeah, be interesting to hear what, what, what they have to say. So, I mean, I, we'd love to hear it. I mean, how is this going to impact y'all? Did you feel violated by this announcement <laughs> violated <laughs> i'm sorry you dropped a ton of money on something that in ffg just violated me yes they did you dropped a ton of money on this and now they're going to pull it on you and it's just like oh man i mean if anything they they said we're going to keep the core concept okay so another way to scorched earth you okay great they still got the main card in there sorry did you find your thought, huh? Yes, I did. <laughs> Jeez. Uh, the, what I was going back to is actually the uh, what Tony was saying, like, why would you announce that and lose lose people like that or, or possibly lose sales to people that would, you know, otherwise have bought that. And I kind of agree with that. I, I, I see what they're trying to do. I know they had a kind of a public, not maybe not even a public outcry, but maybe a vocal minority of people that were worried about the future of the game, about balance, about... Uh, introducing new players, and that's a, that's all valid stuff. But I think they kind of just reacted very strongly to that and said, "Hey, here's our plan for the future. This is what we're doing going forward." But possibly at the detriment of losing sales in the immediate future. To at least to me, I, 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 I just, I'm in the same boat. I don't see how this helps them announcing it right now. Yeah, no, I, I agree. And it's so this was just so freshly announced. By the time this episode comes out in a few days, I'm sure there will be a lot that falls out from it. I am going to go start reading a lot of the the BGG forums um, or the uh, the Netrunner, or not Netrunner, FFG forums, because I just want to see what people think about this and see if they come up with any other points that we hadn't even thought of yet. No, I'm sure they have. So, I mean, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I mean, You're Hunter's so probably got this, more man. than we do. That's why you <laughs> invited him on the show. Like, dude, uh, what do you think of this? Oh, uh-huh. Well, let's get somebody on the show. Okay, we're going to invite Hunter in the show. Okay, it works for me. We need somebody to talk about this. We're going to invite something, somebody interesting for the show. Yeah. Uh, uh, I mean, you know. So, but uh, th- that's interesting. So, and see, now I lost my thought. You go. <laughs> well, you know what I wish they would do? I wish they would announce they would start doing their core sets like Doomtown did with theirs. It frustrates me to no end. They put singles of certain cards in the core oh. sets to force you to buy three. When Doomtown came out and said, okay, we're giving you two of every single card. If you buy two core sets, you have all you'll ever need. I love it. I love that setup so much. And Doomtown's awesome in general. But that that was the best thing ever when I saw that. I, I can't stand that. And, I, of course, I'm one of those chumps that bought three core sets for Netrunners. So <laughs> that's probably why I'm salty about it. But, but it's I mean, So I'm playing Conquest now. It's like, oh, I wish I had another of this card. How many copies do I have? Oh, look, there's only one in this set. I'll have to buy two more in order to get three. And then I sit there looking across the table at Doomtown. It's going, oh, you did it right. You know, the most you can have is three cards in most LCG games. You can have a cop, a four of a kind in a Doomtown, and you still only need two. I got my thought. If y'all are ready for it, let me know. Oh, I hope this is good. Uh, yeah. Okay. You want? You can put some background music behind me on this one. So, will this? Well, it's more of a question. Questionable thought. Um, will this? <laughs> What's questionable? Questionable. All right. All right. Um, will this drive 
and I don't know about the other sets because you know, we're, we're the Netrunner guys, but um, will this drive people to go to strict, like I will only play Anarch and I will only buy that data pack because it provided me good Anarch cards. There's no reason for me to purchase other ones up. Will it help? Will it help drive that to 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 make you only try those Shaper Anarch? You know what I'm saying? That's an interesting thought. Uh, it's going to depend on, I guess, how they start, how they continue the distri- distribution. Because a lot of the times we're getting like one good card for every faction, almost every pack nowadays. It's really the the quality of cards has become really high in that game in general. I think everything works with something at this point. Uh, but yeah, I could see that happening. Kind of like a kind of like an X wing thing where you pick a faction, you just buy the stuff for that faction uh, because the cost becomes too high and you don't want to invest as much into it. I could see that happening. I can definitely see it. Well, I can see it happening right now because I've actually had um, somebody ask me, say, look, I want to get into this game, but I really only care about one or two factions. What should I do? I said, well, that's easy. You just go and maybe look up some um, net decks of some popular uh, some popular net decks for your particular faction, see where those cards came from, which packs, and go buy those. I mean, so that was somewhat happening now, even without this announcement, for people who are just now getting into Netrunner. But what's really nice is, is because those deluxe expansions, and again, I'm just talking about Netrunner, I'm not sure how the games work. The deluxe expansions focus on one core and one runner at this point. So it's really easy to say, okay, if you want to play this particular faction or core, then definitely go buy that deluxe expansion because that's what it focuses on, and it will never rotate out. And, and I understand. I mean, maybe they won't because, you know, you can always do the influence, and then you could always bring another card in. But I'm just thinking, you know, how, how does it do that? I mean, where you and I could, uh, you know, I'm going to go run Anarch, you're going to go run Criminal, and you and I split a data pack, and here are the cards that we need for that, and that will help minimize our costs. And but I don't, yeah, I'm, I'm just, I was just curious. But Hunter brings up a good point about there's always at least one in each faction in the data pack. I hadn't thought of that. You can tell I haven't bought my data packs in a couple of months. Well, Tony, you and I did that for years right. in many games to where you and I would pick one faction or the other, and we would buy stuff and split them out so we could half our, the amount that we were having to spend on the game. Mm-hmm. So it can it can still somewhat work here too, especially if you spit like, hey, you pick uh, a couple factions, a couple runners, and I'll pick a couple core, and then we'll split everything out from there. So, but I, I think that exists now, even if you didn't do the the rotational thing, because it's it could be intimidating right now, even though the game's a little over two years old for somebody to jump into this game. Yeah, I can definitely see that. We're, we're talking. We're almost eighteen packs in, and two deluxe expansions and a core set. That's a lot of cards. Yeah, we got another deluxe expansion coming up rather soon. So yeah, a lot of stuff happening. Yeah, exactly. And did mention, and I wrote this down, so I won't forget it. So the legacy is not supported, but the draft is, and the draft did not go over too well here. And one of the reasons why is uh, our draft was thirty-five bucks per person to play. And I thought, well, maybe that was unusual. So I asked somebody on Twitter tonight, Hunter, you and I were talking to somebody, and he mentioned it was 30 for him. So I guess that's just the cost of doing the draft format. Yeah, ours around here, I haven't really even played one, but I've seen the prices are anywhere from 20 to 30 in our area as well. And that's just prohibitively expensive compared to something like Magic, where I can just go draft for 12 bucks and mm-hmm. keep the cards and you're good to go. Whereas a Netrunner, I already have all those cards. I don't need these cards. I don't. I'm not looking for these things. So. I mean, it's interesting for someone who only has yeah, one Yeah, at first uh, when the draft was announced, I was really excited about it. But yeah, no, just not excited about it. Uh, the f- format seems fun. There's nothing wrong with the format. Drafting is always pretty interesting, but 
yeah, doesn't doesn't intrigue me for thirty bucks. It's not thirty bucks interesting. No, and it, like you said, it's not like you're going to open up a pack and get a, a rare or something like that that you don't have, which you might could do in like a magic draft. Exactly. No, not happening here. Like you said, Marty, I'm going to spend thirty dollars on a board game. Oh yeah, that's true. I mean, Tony and I had actually signed up and said, "Hey, let's go do this." And then the more we thought about it, it's like. $35 can uh, get us a pretty nice board game somewhere. So we both backed out and said, eh, never mind. Well, that and work called me. But shh. Okay. Shh. No, that's, that's, not, that's not as exciting as this other anecdote. Uh, okay. I'm sorry. <laughs> so so uh, have we run the gambit on this? Have, have, have we beat it? Okay. So more importantly, more importantly, and here's an, <laughs> another famous, yeah, Marty's already laughing. Here's another big segue. Hunter, what do you think about this guy cheating in the Ticket to Ride Championship? I just read about that yesterday. First Ain't of all, that amazing. Okay. How do Hold you- on, stop, stop, stop. I'm going to play that guy who doesn't know what you're talking about because I really don't know what you're talking about. Dude, so it's in the show notes. Me? It's in the show notes. <laughs> okay, guess what, dude? Our audience cannot see the show notes. So but you, you can, so why do you not know about it? Uh, I'm trying. Oh my gosh! So Just anyway, Hunter, what, what what do you think? Well, can you tell us what it was for those who don't know? Okay, so so this guy in the national world championships of Ticket to Ride in the final game, he cheated, and therefore they the internet was watching, and basically people picked up on it, and they reported him to the judges. And the Days of Wonder people went back and reviewed the tape. You know, somebody threw a red flag. And, you know, so here we go. And so they said, oh, yeah, he was. They confronted the guy, and he admitted, yeah, I cheated. And so he gave up his um, crown, and the second runner-up got it. And so he gave up his crown. He's no longer the champ, and the other guy is and gets the ticket to ride vacation and all that good stuff. So there you, there's the story. What was the prize? That's what, 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 what in the world would had make you cheat at ticket to ride of all things. That sounds like something a child would do at home if their parents weren't watching. I mean, he was like drawing extra cards or something, possibly even took an extra turn. And apparently there are like two referees at the table and both of those guys were just asleep on the job. I don't know what they were doing, what they're getting paid for. They must have gotten paid in like ticket to ride memorabilia or something. That was just, I don't know how, how does that happen at a major tournament and why does it happen? Like, what are the, what, what is the point? You're, you're being recorded. Yeah, and and then people are watching you once again. Who's watching Ticket to Anyway? We're we're being mean. We, we cannot be mean because I enjoy. I love playing Ticket to Ride with the family. Um, but you're you're right. So the guy who cheated knew his opponent was fatigued and tired because of how long this had been going on, and he took a couple extra turns. And the referees were probably fatigued and tired because this had been going on forever. Um, so that's how he did it i mean you know probably looking back on it he, he his brain is sitting there going hey i can take an extra card or do whatever and that's how i'll do it but yeah what what was this it was a it was a vacation he, he got like nine days on taking a train ride through europe or somewhere so uh, well that still seems i mean you're on camera you got two refs just seems like not worth it just totally not worth it I, I I agree with you. It was, it was just funny. I mean, yeah. he, what he had to give up his golden train or something. I, you know, I mean, I wish I was a good enough player to make it into the Ticket to Ride Championships. I'm not. So um, uh, kudos for just making it. That's that's impressive. So Marty, do you have any opinions now that you're caught up? I wasn't paying attention. I was doing something else. You were you, were, you were probably playing Star Realms. I know what you're doing. 
No, no, actually, so we called this show uh, episode changes is because basically we called an audible before this show started and totally changed what we're going to be talking about. And since we got Hunter on before we let him go, Tony, we need to have him play our new game. Oh, I forgot about that. Well, I know this, this, this is all of a sudden. That's why when you were sitting there chatting, I've kind of written up a few uh, things. Uh, Hunter, we have a new game called Rankem. Oh, boy. And we, we introduced this in episode 50. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to give you three things, and you order them in your order of preference of whatever that preference may be. Okay. And then why. Sounds good. Okay. All right. So I've got three of them. Uh, this could be over on anything. So the first one is McDonald's, Burger King, Wendy's. Oh, man. Uh, Wendy's is on top because I like their burgers and their fries, and they have fresh squeezed lemonade. And then I'll say Burger King and then McDonald's. Because McDonald's has gotten me sick too many times. <laughs> All right. So for, uh, I have to play along, Hunter, just so you know. So Okay. That's, that's good. So, yes, um, I'm, I'm going to have to say the same thing. Wendy's, Burger King, McDonald's. And a lot of it is just, the uh, I guess, the Wendy's food to me is fresher. And then I like the $5 meal deal at Burger King. Can eat real cheap there. And then, well, ditto, Hunter, <laughs> on McDonald's. Ooh. All right. So uh, for me, uh, Wendy's, I I agree. It's just a better burger. I'm going to have to move McDonald's ahead of Burger King just because of one thing, McRib, and then Burger King last. The McRib is back. That's true. Oh, the McRib. And I saw how they make it, too, and it's not as disgusting as what everybody tells you it is. Okay. So here's the next one. Fellowship of the Ring, Two Towers, Return of the King. Ooh. Okay. I'm going to say my number one is actually the Two Towers. Because that was the first one I ever read. And uh, very similar to, I don't know if this gives away, but Empire Strikes Back. That was kind of like my Empire Strikes Back for fantasy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'll probably say uh, uh, Return of the King and then Fellowship of the Ring. Don't Broken record here. Even though, I mean, Return of the King, I was going to say number one just because you bow to no one. Makes me cry every time. Oh, yeah. But I, I other agree. other than that, every I time. I agree. Same here. Yeah. So, there you go. So, I'm sorry, did you keep Two Towers first? Yeah, Two Towers is first. uh, Return of the King. Two Towers. Okay. Um, You know what? I'm going to go by book. And I, too, will also say Two Towers, Return of the King, Fellowship. And the reason was because the first half of the Fellowship is so boring where he explains every little plant and tree they see. It just drove me nuts. And I finally didn't get it. It got good in the second half of the book, but that first half is hard to get through. Last one. Here we go. Oh, I don't get one. Oh, do you, oh, I'm sorry. You Did you write some down real quick? I don't have to write anything down, dude. I'm quick. You ready? Okay. It's, it's a simple. It. All right. Okay. So, Hunter, beard, goatee, or clean shaven? <laughs> beard. Beard is on top. I'm going to say, obviously. Uh, you know what? I'm going to go beard, clean shaven, goatee. Going, going dark horse there. I, I, I don't know the goatee. I'm not. I'm not digging the goatee as much. I want to go full beard or no beard. <laughs> full Monty or no Monty. <laughs> I don't know something like that. Okay, Marty. <laughs> uh, let's see. I will go. Um, I'm thinking about for me. So, <laughs> goatee, clean shaven beard. Even though I am right now growing somewhat of a light beard because my wife came in me the other day and she says why don't you let the the scruffy stuff grow out which is really popular now but have it kind of clean and neat i say okay whatever you want so i'm doing that right now yeah i'm I'm gonna have to go obviously clean shaven beard then 
goatee just because I'm a messy eater. And also, it's it's an ugly thing on, on my face. There's well, If you're a messy eater, why would you put beard before goatee? Well, I was just putting clean shaven for first. That's all that matters to me. I'll never forget trying okay. to grow one. Oh, it was so ugly. Oh, God. It was ugly. Oddly enough, that's why I put beard first because I'm a messy eater. <laughs> so you can eat it later. Exactly. <laughs> All right, last one. What did I have for lunch? Oh, mm, that's good. All right, here's the last one. In the digital realm, Hearthstone Star Realms Ascension. Ooh, uh, man, that's tough. Probably a few months ago I would have said Hearthstone, but Star Realms is just, I've, it's consistently been the one I played. So I'm going to say Star Realms, Hearthstone, and then Ascension. Ascension, I don't even play it anymore now that Star Realms is out, honestly. I'm just doing this for Dan Patrice's uh, benefit in case he listens to this episode. But anyway, go ahead, Tony. Uh, it'll be actually Star Realms, and I don't care about the other two because they've already been deleted off my iPad. So whatever, Star Realms. Wow. Well, no one would play Ascension with me, and Hearthstone, I ain't going to pay that kind of money. I'm sorry. I'm cheap. You don't have to pay any money. Yeah, but I didn't. Uh, yes. You don't have to pay any money for, uh, you don't have to pay a dime. Yeah, you I got to. tired of trying to level up characters. That was just mm, painful. So, if, okay, fine. Star Realms, Ascension, Hearthstone. There. Okay, I will say uh, Star Realms, Hearthstone, Ascension. And I play Star Realms a lot because it's quick and easy. But I think as far as a just the game itself, I think Hearthstone's a better game yes. than Star Realms. But I just play Star Realms more right now. I agree with that. I think I think Hearthstone's really well fleshed out, but and it's it's also something you can only do online, really. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did yeah. Did you ever play the uh, Wild TCG? I I have a lot of it. Yes, I've played a little bit of it. I played mainly the raid decks and stuff like that. Oh, those are so much. Yeah, fun. Tony and I were got suckered into that thing too. Yeah, that is, that is, play a lot of it. Yeah, Dan just rolled me for twenty eight points in Star Realms. I'm ready to delete that <laughs> freaking game too. <laughs> Oh, Hunter, thank you so much for coming on. But before you go, where can we all find you? Well, thank you guys for having me. And uh, my channel is a uh, weapons grade channel on, on uh, YouTube. I'm also on Twitter at WG Tabletop. And uh, Facebook is weapons grade channel. Uh, Hunter is putting out some great videos right now. It seems like you and Chaz are doing this thing where you're going out to thrift stores. It's almost like you've got a competition. Chaz from Paradise Paradise. Doing this whole thrift store thing, which is really good. You're, you're getting really good at taking the camera out there and doing all that. I'm really enjoying that. So you've got a, a great channel. If you guys haven't checked it out, which I'm sure you have, go go look at the stuff he's doing with reviews and his thrift store. Uh, it's fun to talk to on uh, uh, Twitter. And uh, I'm really glad that you were able to jump on this short of a notice. It, it really meant a lot to us. It made us seem a lot smarter than what we really are. And that's what we always try to do when we have our guests on. I'm glad I could raise the IQ, I guess. <laughs> So, it wasn't, hey, way to go, dude. Yeah, don't trust us. wasn't hard. <laughs> so, no, thank you so much, Hunter. We do appreciate it. One, one quick question uh, for the people that watch your video. What is the big thing that looks like it's got claw marks behind you? I know no one can see this here. So, oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> That's a, a Swamp Thing action figure. That's actually from some, like, San Diego Comic-Con exclusive thing that I found on one of my hunts. I love Swamp Thing, so I had to put it on my shelf. Oh, that's too funny. So my son was wanting to watch that for Halloween. We couldn't find it anywhere. Oh, man. The, old, the one from the 80s, like 86 or whatever? Yes. Nice. I, 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 that's actually a decent movie. <laughs> yep, that's what, that's what he said, too. I was like, yeah, I know, but we went to the store and we couldn't find it. Couldn't find anywhere to download it. So, 
It's a shame. He's a Swamp Thing fan also. So, anyway, you got a date. Where are you going to go? Where are you going to take your woman? We're actually going to uh, the Alamo Draft House up in Austin to see Interstellar tonight. They're doing an early screening. Nice. Oh, tell us. Tell us how that. Yeah, please tweet back. Have you seen Fury yet? I haven't. I want to see that one, though. I saw a bunch of movies this past week, and we saw Birdman and... Uh, How was uh, that? It was actually really entertaining. I like Keaton a lot. He's just super depressing (laughs) because he's such a he's such a washout at that point. He's like a he's like if uh, uh, he's like Tony Stark or uh, I guess Robert Downey Jr. in like twenty years from now. (laughs) It's super depressing. I got to see uh, the Birdman panel at New York Comic Con. It was Chris Hardwick and he was hosting uh, Ed Norton and uh, Keaton. And uh, we got to see like the first fifteen minutes of the movie. It looked really good, so I really want to see it too. Does he go? I'm Birdman. <laughs> he has. He does have a voice in his head that talks like Birdman. It's just him with this really. Hey man, we're gonna. You, I'm part of you, man. <laughs> it just talks the whole time. What I want to see it for is uh, I kind of read that it, it's shot like it's a one shot thing going from scene to scene, and that's what I really want to see. It is. It's it's like continual motion, and it's very. The acting's kind of like theater acting. Everyone's over the top to a degree, and just just yelling at each other constantly. Norton's hilarious as well. He plays like a super method actor who needs to get drunk on stage and needs to have sex on stage and stuff like that. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's it's an artsy around here in Charlotte. It's at the artsy theater, so I, I, <laughs> I want to go see it sometime. It's not nice. in the regular theaters around here. Yeah, and it's in. Uh, they got two screens. Of, well, I think it's two screens, and it's playing on all the screens. They took everything else out just to do Birdman. Nice. Oh, for Ma- at the Manor. Yeah, that's the name of the theater. Yeah. Cool. So, are you going to be at BGG Con? Yes, I'm. Gonna, I'm going to be at BGG Con. Uh, we're going to come in on uh, Tuesday. I mean, we're. This is my first year doing BGG Con, but we're like uh, two hours down the road, so there's no reason not to. Uh, so we're going to be there through Sunday, and then uh, I guess we're bringing. Uh, uh, I'll be hanging out with Tiffany and Austin that Monday after that. So we'll be hanging out the whole time. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, so then we will definitely hook up there, and we'll be hanging out there a lot. I know there's a lot of other guys coming in. I think Rodney's coming in. Uh, um, who else? Uh, Chris Kirkman's coming in. There's a lot of people coming nice. in for this thing. So, And this is our first time, too, so we're we're all BGG convergence. So. <laughs> awesome. That's what I mean. I'm excited. The Gen Con was my first convention. I hear this is more of the players' convention, so uh, the players' ball, if you will. So <laughs> I'm excited to try this and check it out. Cool, cool. So we'll definitely be hanging out some uh, while we're there. So, again, thank you so much for coming on, and uh, you would go enjoy your movie, okay? Thanks, guys. Thank you for having me. Wow. What a save, Marty. We thought this was going to be a letdown show from having three amazing guests to no guests and just us. And look at you. You pulled Hunter in. Great save. Oh, yeah, it was, because I'm sure when people read the synopsis of this show, it'd be like, oh, there's nobody here. I'm going to listen. Oh, wait a minute. Hunter's on here. I'm going to go listen to this now. So thanks, Hunter, so much for coming on. You you did save the day for us. I think it was a great discussion. I know a lot of people may not play the LCG games, but that is a pretty big market now for FFG. In fact, they posted their sales numbers and uh, the amount of growth they've had over the past few years is crazy. And they actually showed the sales since 2008, and there was a huge spike in 2012, which was the year that Netrunner and Star Wars came out, and they've just been growing ever since. 
Now, I did like, and we, I, th- I think we mentioned it, you know, Lord of the Rings is not impacted by this. So, you know, we abandoned that one, and I know you're going back to it. So I'm like, hey, well, maybe there is a growth there, because especially like the next core set they're coming out with, you know, that looked mm-hmm. very interesting. Yeah, I, I do like the Lord of the Rings. I think it's one of those things I got out of, but I did buy this uh, Saga expansion because I love playing through the Lord of the Rings story. Mm-hmm. And now they've announced the first one for Two Towers. And it's one of those things, uh, one of our local friends uh, contacted me at night and says, why don't we play sometime? I said, we should. And I said, I'll grab Tony. You got enough cards to make a deck just to play through it. The co-op aspect is really fun. Yeah, enjoy it. Just have to refresh my memory on the rules again. That's one of those ones that it's, it's a little bit more complicated, but not that mm-hmm. bad to pick back up. Mm-hmm. No, I, I agree. And that's kind of uh, uh, talking about uh, Conquest. Uh, you actually, I got to teach that to you. And that's one aspect of that game that I kind of like is I taught that game to you pretty quickly compared to something like Lord of the Rings or Netrunner. Yeah. I mean, that was fairly quick, but I mean, it, it was neat. It, the artwork grabbed me. Uh, but, you know, like you said, I'm, I'm here with Netrunner. We've got um, Doomtown in the wings. I think I'm just going to hold off on any other card game for a while Mm -hmm. and i just don't you know we'll see how it goes i guess i gotta buy it though because my son really likes it i mean he really likes it and we can knock out a game in 15 minutes which is almost has it almost has the uh the dice masters feel to it where it's really quick to sit down and play a game and then be done with it yeah and uh, i agree with you um it, it was it was neat i liked it but i i you 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 buy all the cards and if we ever get the urge to play i'll just come over and we'll play a game on what you got i like how that works you go buy the stuff and i'll get to play it i like that <laughs> speaking of which here this you know we we say this show is just about a typical conversation between you and i here's a typical conversation so we're meeting for lunch tomorrow what you want to play i have no earthly idea i really don't uh, maybe we'll maybe we'll play uh draco tomorrow um yeah uh, uh or well, better we, yet we, i got we haven't really, tried doomtown haven't tried or this is even better, dude. Maybe we'll talk and go through a hand of diamonds in practice. Uh, ooh, that's not a bad idea. Diamonds is actually in my car. So in episode 50, we threw down the challenge to Rhiannon and Suzanne saying, hey, why don't you play us in partners uh, diamonds? And um, we still got to come up with a wager. I think we're going to throw it out there to people and, and let's see if they can come up with a a good wager for us to play. But yeah, you and I need to get in, in sync on that. We were in sync together many years ago playing uh, uh, spades and uh, hearts, but we need to get back in sync for this one. So yeah, it's in my car if you want to do it. Oh, yeah. Can you play two-player? Yeah, you can play. It's boring, but you can do two-player. Oh. I, I mean, if anything, it's just talk about strategies and all, because we are, it's bad enough losing at Star Realms 0-10 against Suzanne. I don't want to hear it. Do not want to hear it on, on Diamonds. 0-10? Okay. It has to be easily. I mean, she just probably, I think, hold on, let me hit the refresh button. Oh, would you look at that? She just rolled me for 15. God. <laughs> That's it. That's it. I'm done. No more. You know? So who was inviting you? Uh, who? Is she inviting you or are you inviting her? Oh, I, I to, will. To play I will, challenge. I will, I will always invite her because I, I am. I am a glutton for punishment, and you read the tweet where I talked about I'm her level. Mm-hmm. I am. It. It is so sad. It is so sad. But that's okay. Great game. If if y'all haven't spent five dollars on this game, seriously, go out. You, you'll be able to find. That's. You're right, Marty. That's the one thing I hate about this game: how to find people to play. You got to go out there and post to the world 
that, you know, I'm looking for a player and here's my name, you know? Yeah. And then you forget people's names. Mm-hmm. If, and you got to keep. I'm pretty sure I've played Hunter before and I think it's weapons grade. I think. Why is it their friends list? That's an obvious thing to have. Yeah. Oh, oh, this is the last thing in the outro because we're going to go long again here. So, you know, I bought um, Red 7. The, yes. The, the card game Red 7. Um, <laughs> so I was doing a run through of it, man. And I was looking at the rules and I was reading the rules and I have read the rules. T- I think in 2014, if there is a, an award for worst rules, I'm going to have to nominate them. I'm like, I'm not understanding why this game is, is not playing well. You know, Lee said it was a great game, a friend of ours, but I'm like, why is this not working well? Cause I was doing, you know, practice hands to try to teach Donna and I was like, wait a minute, this, this thing's over. I had to go out and watch some of the videos and people were saying you can play multiple cards. I'm like, that's not what the rules say. And if it is, then I got a broken set here. You know, I was like, really? Oh man. I, I, so I got to play that game. Um, Lee who had it, taught it to us. So I didn't read through the rules. Um, mm-hmm. It's a pretty straightforward game. So how in the world can they mess up on the rules that bad? Well, it says you will take an action. And, and they list the the four actions. You know, you have the one action where you can change the rule, one action to, you know, you play to your palette. You, uh, and you can change the canvas, which is changing the rules, play to your palette, which helps you meet the rule. Or you can do the other two things. I forget what they are. You don't have to play a card and there was something else, and I can't remember what it was. Well, in the rules, it doesn't say that if you change the palette that you can also play a card to meet that rule because at the end of playing your cards you have to be winning the game that's mm-hmm. the rule it didn't say that in the rules wow it says it says you you take an action a n an action to me translates to one and that's my own mistake so uh, mm, mm. <laughs> yeah so i guess it's a good thing somebody taught it to me because it, it might have been confusing to me too by the way it's your turn on star realms Is hey it, okay. look at that we can multitask we can sit there and do a podcast and play star realms at the same time here let me hit the freaking concede button done <laughs> <laughs> i'm over oh wow so what, what turned out into what we worried about is going to be a bleh episode because it's like, what do you want to talk about? Because right, we're right in between things. We're going to Mace this weekend. So our next episode, we can talk about Mace. And then we got BGG right on its heels where we'll have tons to talk about. So we thought this was going to be the lull episode. And people right now may be thinking, it was a lull episode, but it doesn't feel that way. <laughs> I agree with you there. <laughs> it's a lull episode. All right. So let's wrap this thing up. And you'll play all the little segments about how to meet us and... Uh, guys guess what got some more videos coming out yeah i'm going to be dropping some more videos here i'm sorry it's all marty's fault you can tell me to stop and i can point them to marty and say marty they've told me to stop no more videos so we got some more um um, boxing uh (laughs) unboxings so basically well what is it marty uh open packages i received oh there's an (laughs) unboxing Tony's going to open a box. I'm waiting for you to slit your wrist one of these days. It's like, dude, cut away from you. Cut away. Wait to uh, yeah, watch the broken token. It's 
It's good. I saw it. Oh, you scared me. You were like pulling right towards you. I'm like, oh my gosh, he's going to go right in his gut with that razor. But I have safety gloves on. I was good. (laughs) Your shirt doesn't have anything. (laughs) Oh, trust me, the knife is dull. So anyway, well, guys, thanks for listening as always. And we appreciate um, any comments you have over at the BGG forums or anything else you want to just send us a note. Hey, we're, we're good. Marty will reply. probably will or tweet marty will tweet so anyway and and if you don't ever see the dash dash t guess what it's marty it's me so there it is oh wait wait this is going to be over soon suzanne's just suzanne's suzanne playing you she's playing me and bam 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 did you lose no i got 11 left to her 42 discard your entire hand what the heck suzanne god oh mm. So anyway, that's okay. That, that's okay. Uh, Geek Jock's raping me over here too. So hey, yeah, I swear I think they got code in. Sorry guys, we're playing Star Realms while we talk on our <laughs> podcast. That's okay. You, you, that is how obsessive it has become. So guys, if you would just keep eating moon pies. <laughs> I'm just gonna end it there. Okay. Oh, that was funny. You caught me off guard on that. Tried to. You can follow us on Twitter at Dice and Names. Or why don't you visit our website, RollDiceTakeNames.com. Or if you prefer, subscribe on iTunes. Or how about visiting our guild page on Board Game Geek. Really, dude? Roll me for 13 points, place two bases, and just keep drawing cards? Here, how about you Star Realms this? Concede. Level six, baby. (laughs) 